Hey, welcome to Village Church q and I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today you're going to help us answer the question, what specific behaviors leave me vulnerable to spiritual attack? Now, I know that you've done quite a bit of research here because there are certain passages in the Bible that say, if you do this, mm. you know, you're vulnerable to spiritual attack. Yep. And I want to say that the difference between this episode and the last one, the last episode deals with, okay, if I'm being attacked, then what do I do? But this episode is more like, Okay, what have I done to get myself here? How did mm. this how did this even happen? So there are seven actual behaviors that if these things happen are like open gateways for spiritual attack. So let's go through Serious. Everybody get their notepads out, okay? All seven. Number one, and and this is very obvious, uh, but I think it's really important. Not trusting in Christ leaves you spiritually vulnerable. First mm. John 4 4 says this. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. But if you have never trusted in Christ, you do not have the Holy Spirit Mm. and greater is the one who is in the world than you. The only reason that I am stronger than Satan is because of the spirit of Jesus Christ inside Right, Satan's pretty powerful and so are his demons. So if you go up against that. You lose. You're going to lose. Unless you have Christ in you. Right. All right. Behavior number two, and these are going to get unusually specific. Mm. So going to bed angry is is actually a behavior that if you allow sin to stick with you, particularly the sin of anger, that the devil kind of watches and he's like, hmm, I see that. I can do something with that later. And he does. So Ephesians chapter four, verse 26 says, be angry, but don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And verse seven says, and give no opportunity for the devil. Hmm. When the Christian harbors anger and does not release it, the devil sees that and he can utilize that. That is an open gateway for spiritual attack. It's interesting because the anger is not the sin. It's like, it's okay, but that does become bitterness and bitterness is a sin. That's not okay. 100% because Hmm. if I know somebody is angry enough to the point where they're not willing to let it go, they're going to take that with them overnight to the next day. That's something I can turn into bitterness. And that defiles yourself and mm. many people. Uh, the third one is withholding sex from your spouse. Now, there are probably some spouses who are like, la, 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 I don't want to hear this because mm. it's a little too personal. But yeah. here's what First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 says. Do not deprive one another, except, okay, so here's when you can do it. Perhaps, I love the perhaps, <laughs> by agreement for a limited time. So that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So, like, if, if there's going to be withholding, oh, you guys are praying, spending some, you're spending more time in prayer, quality time yeah, together. But he says this. But then come together again. Why? So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self control. And mm. what Paul's acknowledging is the most powerful human impulses are sexuality. And so, marriage is a context where you light the flame. And when you pull away from each other for a longer period of time, like that flame doesn't just go out. And so yeah. he's like, listen, we see this over and over and over again. This is really important. And when you don't tend to this, mm. you leave yourselves open for spiritual attack. Number four is not forgiving someone else. The first one we talked, the second one was about anger and harboring this. This is about actual grudges and forgiveness. When the evil one sees this, he's like, I mm. gotcha. Anyone, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are ignorant, for we are not ignorant mm-hmm. of his designs. And he is, 
He has designs and schemes ready for the one harboring unforgiveness. Yeah, you wonder if you just kind of have like different lights that pop up for him. He's like, unforgiveness, go, go, (laughs) go. go." One of the things my wife says, and I'm going to botch this, but she says he basically has four plays and Mm. he has the same plays for everybody. Oh, we fall into it every time. Oh, you're a victim. I've got to play for that. Oh, you're an addict. I got to play for that. Mm -hmm. You know, you like self-control. I got to play for that. And you're prideful. I got to play for that. And he just runs the play. Yeah. And demons are just like, what's the play, Satan? He's yes. like, here's the simple plays. It trips them up every time. Go at it. Yeah. And then the Bible gives us this framework, you know, to yep. help us know what his, you know, what the calls are going to be on his side. 100%. Yeah. All right. Number five, uh, ignorance, particularly ignorance of God's word leaves you spiritually vulnerable. So, you know, the Christians who are like, eh, I'm kind of in God's word or whatever, not really committed to it. And, and like, they just don't know the word. They are unusually spiritually vulnerable. Spiritually vulnerable. Hmm. So, Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse four: For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. For we destroy. This is interesting. Arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we've taken every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience. And it's interesting because what he's talking about is that the schemes here, there's a spiritual war and it's about arguments and ideas and philosophies. And when you're not rooted in God's word, we fall prey to the philosophical schemes of the evil one. There's actually a handful of scriptures we could have brought into this one specifically Mm -hmm. where um, the devil just loves when people are mindless lemmings. Oh, CNN said it. Okay. Whatever they say. Oh, Fox News said it. Okay, fine. Yes, master. Yeah. Like he just loves ignorance and lemmings, you know, Mm. lemmings who are just like, everybody's doing it. So then it must be okay. And loves it. If we're not rooted in God's word, we will not have the ability to identify schemes, ideologies, philosophies, theologies that are things that are false, right? False wrongness. Yeah. All right. The last two actually come back to elders. Hmm. I think this is this is pretty helpful, actually. And, and these scriptures have caused me to not have certain men become elders at Village Church. First Timothy chapter three, verse six: The elder he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. So, hmm. one of the things we see in scripture is that leadership, spiritual leadership, elders, deacons. They do have a target. Um, we've come to learn that becoming on staff at a church puts you uh, like as a spiritual target. Yep. And here, here's the interesting thing. The, the devil is looking to condemn an elder. That's what he wants. Mm. Because if you can get an elder to fall, the damage, the spiritual damage mm. is, is much greater. The seventh one is becoming an elder with a bad reputation with non-Christians. So it's actually really important that elders are not new converts, but also in the world do not have a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Here's what First Timothy chapter 3, verse 7 says. Moreover, he, the elder, must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So that if there are like rumors going around about an elder in the non-Christian world, those rumors can move quickly and they can be a snare. Look, I got him. They may not even be true. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. But he's looking for this. And so when we look at elders, I want to know, do you have a good reputation with non-Christians, with your neighbors, stuff like that? Um, Are you a new convert? No. And and so we have these seven things. These are seven behaviors, seven decisions, seven things that uniquely leave us vulnerable. I have a hunch. Whoever's listening to this, one or two of them, maybe three or four. (laughs) (laughs) 
probably are things that we've done. Hmm. And then we're like, I wonder why I just, I'm, I'm experiencing oppression. Uh, it could be, you don't know God's word. Yeah. I hope some light bulbs are going on right now. And I'm I'm so glad that you laid out some of those bullet points for us so that we can just stay in tune with the word, know it and protect ourselves. Yep. And these are so obvious. It's like, we don't have to do any of these. We have the spirit. We do not need to do any of those. That's great. Well, next time we're going to be answering the interesting question, should I lend someone money 